I lost my voice because of this Broncos team, but I do want to hear from all of you watching right now in the comment section. Who do you want the Broncos to trade? Drop a name down below to start the show. Welcome into the one and four Broncos breakdown. The rebuild, it's on and it starts today. Once again, Matthew Peterson here with 50% of my voice because of Sean Payton losing to Nathaniel Hackett after calling him out by name, essentially, in a preseason interview, putting a big target on his back. And then Zach Wilson goes off for the highest completion percentage in his NFL career. And Brees Hall sets a personal record for rushing yards in a game. So good job, Sean. We're off to a great start right now. But this team is going nowhere. It's not going anywhere this season. And honestly, it's probably not going anywhere anytime soon. So I think it is time for the Broncos to officially hit the reset button and start moving on from some of their better assets, getting pieces for the future, and beginning the rebuild. It sucks. This team has been rebuilding for almost a decade at this point. We're getting close to that decade mark at 2026, but they do have to turn things around, and I think there are some guys they could move on from. So let's run through eight notable players I think that very well could end up on the trade block going into the NFL trade deadline on October 31st. Samaj P. Ryan with Jaleel McLaughlin rising and Javante Williams there. He could be RB3. I could see them trading him. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. We know there has been a lot of interest for those two guys for quite some time. Maybe the Broncos finally do answer a phone call regarding one of their wide receivers. Garrett Bowles is a really good player this season. He's probably having the best year of his career after 2020. But if Denver wants to get some good assets in return, Bowles could be moved on from. Josie Jewell's on the last year of his contract. Maybe you roll with Alex Singleton and Drew Sanders the rest of the way. Frank Clark is not even starting anymore, so what's the point? Just like Randy Gregory, see if we can get a day three pick for him. Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. Simmons, it really pains me to say this, but he's not the safety that... We saw for the last couple of years, he's been injured to start this season. He hasn't looked his best, and if a team wants to throw Denver a day-two draft pick, I'd be hard-pressed to say no. And then K-Jack, it's not that he's doing anything wrong. Honestly, he's been one of the better players on defense. But if you're going to rebuild and someone wants to give you a pick for an expiring player on a one-year contract, yeah, you would think you would you know, entertain that idea. Now, I'll tell you who is off the market before we really dive into those guys into more detail. Pat Sertan. I really do mean this. You do not trade Patrick Sertan away. Why? Because what are you going to get for Patrick Sertan? Let's say you get two first-round picks, all right? Maybe a little bit more, but let's say at the bottom, two first-rounders. You are going to use one of those first two-round picks on a cornerback. Will that corner be better than Pat Sertan? Absolutely not. So you already know that much. So then, could the other first-round pick plus your below Pat Sertan, new corner, be better than what he brings to this team? I doubt it. I'm not trading Pat Sertan. I'm not trading Pat Sertan. Uh-uh. Now, I am interested in trading these guys. Here's my plan. I'm talking full rebuild mode here, the plan. Randy Gregory, you already got a six-round pick for him. Good. Cortland Sutton, trade him for a third. He's been better than Jerry Judy, but... Judy's a bit younger, he's still got that upside in him, and Cortland Sutton is just looking like a red zone target at this point. I have not seen a big explosive play from him in who knows how long. Garrett Bowles, I don't want to move on from Garrett Bowles, to be honest, but if you can get a second-round pick, 
yeah, I think he'd have to pick up the phone and accept that deal. Frank Clark, just like Randy Gregory, get a six-round pick for him. Justin Simmons, I don't think you're getting a first or a second, but if you could get a third for Justin Simmons, that'd be very enticing. You move forward with a DeLaren Turner-Yell, Kareem Jackson cornerback duo the rest of the year. That is not your future at, at, excuse me, future at safety, I should say. But if you can get some good picks for these, for these players, you have to at least acknowledge the possibility of moving on from some of your marquee players to do a full rebuild. Because look at Denver's 2024 draft picks. After the Randy Gregory trade, they only have six draft picks. They've got a first, no second. That belongs to New Orleans. They have a third that's either either theirs or the Saints. I don't know which one is going to Seattle when they moved up to get Riley Moss. They have a fourth-round pick from the Bradley Chubb trade. They have their own fifth. They have the Jets' fifth from the Jacob Martin trade last year. And then they have a sixth from the 49ers for the Randy Gregory deal. Now, if you were to add in the other moves that I just talked about, this is what Denver could potentially have for the 2024 NFL Draft. Their first, a second rounder you get for Garrett Bowles, a third from the Saints or their own third, a third for Cortland Sutton, a third for Justin Simmons, a fourth from the Dolphins still, and their own fifth, and the Jets' fifth, and the uh, 49ers' six, and a six for Frank Clark. So you go from having six draft picks to having 10 draft picks, and you added a second and two additional third-round draft selections. Whether or not you like the fact that Denver is heading towards a rebuild, I'm sorry, I don't care, because that's just the facts right now. But do you think the Broncos should be doing a complete fire sale? Yes or no? Give me an honest opinion down below in the comment section. Should the Broncos do a complete fire sale of moving on from more than just one guy, right? I'm talking bigger than just trading Cortland Sutton. I'm talking Sutton, Simmons, Bowles, and the rest of them also going. Let me know down below in the comments. I think if you go into 2024 with a top five draft pick of your own, like top five overall pick, right, and five draft picks through rounds one to three, your own first, a second acquired for Garrett Bowles, a third from the Saints, and a third for Cortland Sutton and Justin Simmons, that's pretty enticing. I'm in. If I had a button in front of me that said, either keep those guys for the rest of this season or make all those trades that I just talked about, I'm clicking making all those trades I just talked about button. It's going to stink the rest of the year, but you know what? It already stinks. They're one in four. They're bad as it is. Do you want to be bad with six draft picks or be a little bit worse with 10 draft picks? I'll take a little bit worse with 10 draft picks. Now, what are you getting for all these guys? If I had to take a stab at it, you've got two camps, right? On the left, you have guys that can get you a pick between one through three in terms of the rounds. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons. The only guy I could actually see of those four getting you a first is probably Jerry Judy, but Bowles has played pretty well so far, so maybe he could also get a first from someone. As for your day three draft picks, Samaj P. Ryan, Josie Jewell's good. It's just that inside linebackers don't go for a lot. Frank Clark has done nothing so far this year. He's been out with a hip injury for a good chunk of the year already. And then Kareem Jackson is pushing 35 years old. No one's going to give a whole lot for a one-year rental safety. So I think those are the good comp values for what you could get for these top eight trade targets. Now, today's show is sponsored by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry 
when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. If you're trying to catch an upcoming Broncos game, well, power to you, and you can get some awesome seats thanks to Game Time, and you can have a good view of what your seats will look like before you even buy the tickets. So there's no surprises when you show up and you're like, I had no idea we would be in the corner of the end zone or we'd be you know, at the 50-yard line. No, you've got a perfect view of what your seats are before you even purchase your tickets. They're also obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code BRONCOSCHAT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, but create an account and redeem the code BRONCOSCHAT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk about Judy and Sutton for a moment here because these two names are more of your higher-profile names on the trade block. There's already been reports flying out from NFL reporters across the country that Denver is fielding calls on Judy and Sutton. And I'm a little bit surprised to say that so far through the first quarter of the 2023 NFL season, Cortland Sutton has been the better receiver. Sure, Judy missed the first game and a half, I'll give him, right? Missed all of week one and was probably going at like 75% for week two. But still, Cortland Sutton has emerged as a red zone target. He's got three touchdowns. The guy had four touchdowns the last two seasons combined. He's already up to three. So I think if you're trying to get more for a player, it's Judy because he's still that younger first-round pick with two years left on his rookie contract or a year after this one. Whereas Cortland Sutton is 27. He's got a bigger contract that's not as enticing to other teams. But he has been the better player. So the two kind of balance out a little bit. But I still think you could probably get a little bit more for Judy. Now as for the running back room here. I talked about this in my postgame show yesterday. Move forward with highlight real Jaleel. Like, no offense to Javante Williams. An incredible comeback story. No doubt about it. But... Jaleel McLaughlin has been a better running back this year. I don't know how you could say otherwise. Now, I don't think Denver's going to be interested in moving on from Javante Williams, but I wouldn't be blown away if they end up do trading him because of how explosive and, frankly, awesome Jaleel has been. But if you can get a call for Samaj P. Ryan, who started the year off as RB2, but because of Jaleel McLaughlin, when Javante Williams returns, Samaj is probably going to be RB3. He's not going to get a lot of touches. He's not going to get a ton of usage although he has deservingly earned it because he's played pretty well in the receiving department. And another team might see that and go, hey, if you're only going to give him the ball five to seven times a game, we'll give you a fifth-round pick for him, and we'll use him 12 to 15 times a game. And that could be a win-win for both parties. Now, as for Garrett Bowles, like I said, he's having one of the best years of his NFL career. He had that really big breakout season in 2020, and since then, he's kind of regressed to the mean a little bit. But still, he's been an above-average tackle so far this season. Top half in PFFIs, ranking 21st out of 72 qualifying players. Just two penalties so far, and only one sack allowed. So we know his biggest Achilles heel has been the penalties, and they have relatively subsided through the first five games this season. Now, when trades start coming in, we're going to be breaking them down because I do believe trades are happening. Denver moved on from Bradley Chubb last year. Von Miller the season before that. Clearly, George Payton has no problem 
ripping out some of the key members of this locker room to get picks for the future. And so I think we could see someone between someone like Judy, Sutton, Simmons, or Bowles, or all of them for crying out loud, get traded. And you don't you don't you do not want to miss a thing when those trades do happen. So make sure to subscribe to the channel. Now, let's talk about Sean Payton and enough with trades because trades suck. Like trading away your good players hurts because those are fan favorites. Sean Payton, him and Russell Wilson might suck. Uh, might they have sucked a lot so far? That sounds weird. They sucked a lot. Okay, that sounds even weirder. They were not good. How about that? They were not good on Sunday against the New York Jets. Sean Payton has gotten more out of Russell Wilson than Nathaniel Hackett did. But Payton is clearly suffering from a worse defensive coordinator than Nathaniel Hackett. There is a major drop-off from Evero to Vance Joseph right now. Very similar personnel, right? What's all that different between the personnel? Evero did not have Zach Allen. He had Bradley Chubb for half of the season. He had an injured Randy Gregory. He had a red shirt Nick Benito. And that pass rush was much better last year than it was this year. He had Ronald Darby for five games. Like, he made much more of his players than Vance Joseph is. In fact, if you want to compare head-to-head Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton through the first five games of their respective seasons as Broncos head coaches, it's not as far away as you might think it is. Um, Like, you can give some points to both sides here. Sean Payton has much better offense, 24.2 points per game, but his defense is twice as worse and then some, giving up 36.2 points a game. Eight turnovers for Sean Payton compared to five through Nathaniel Hackett in the first five weeks of the season, less takeaways, and a worse record as well. So, so far, it's been bad. And for Sean Payton to say it's the worst coaching job of his uh, NFL history, it was really bad last year, but it might be worse this year. So, karma's a bit, Sean, and it hits you right in the face, unfortunately. Now I kind of wonder, with the Belichick Bill, with, excuse me, with the Belichick Patriots, uh, with the Bill Belichick Patriots, having a 1-5 start themselves, 1-4 start to the season, just like uh, Denver? Were Sean Payton and Bill Belichick just carried by their quarterbacks? I think that's obviously a bit of an overreaction, but there is something to life after Drew Brees and Tom Brady not being all that great for Sean Payton and Bill Belichick. Like I, I, They're both great coaches. We all know that, and they're going to go down as two Hall of Fame NFL head coaches. But, man, it does say something. That both these guys are one and four right now, and they are clearly struggling after having their superstar quarterback. Which, of course, you're going to do better with a superstar quarterback than not. But they're not even playing 500 ball here. They're playing one and four ball. They're playing get their asses handed to them at home against what I would say would be inferior opponents in their eyes in the New York Jets and the New Orleans Saints. Just going to put that out there. Now, as for Russell Wilson. Does he stink again? He might stink again. Russ might going back to stinking again. Um, he had a good start to the season, but it might be a bit of a fraudulent start. Allow me to explain. Look at Russell Wilson's stats all five games this year. On the right, you're going to see the points allowed ranking for each five of those teams. So he had good games against the Raiders, the Commanders, although the Commanders game... I don't think it was all that good. Minus 50 yards and a touchdown because of the Hail Mary and a very different story. But against the Dolphins, he had some good numbers, 300 yards. It was an awful game still. Against the Bears, he had a good game. But look at the rankings. 23rd, 31st, 
26th, 30th. And then when he plays just a top half defense, not even a top 10 defense uh, based off points allowed, just 14th overall, 196 yards, two touchdowns, and one turnover. So the moment he faces a decent defense, Russell Wilson gets punched in the mouth. Now, I know we're all wondering, at least half of my office was asking me today, when can Denver move on from Russell Wilson? Uh, not for a little bit. His dead cap hit in 2024 is $85 million. That would be twice and then some the NFL record for a dead cap hit. 2025, it's much more manageable, but still a whopping $49.6 million. Really think about that for a moment. I know it's not your money, it's not my money, but imagine telling your boss, we're going to pay, you're going to pay $50 million to someone not to work here. That's probably going to get you fired, don't you think? Going up to your boss saying, I know you gave him all this money already, but we're actually not going to have him anymore, and you still got to pay him $50 million. That is bigger than the NFL dead cap hit record at Matt Ryan at like $44 million. So not looking too good for our old man George Payton over in the front office. But if you want an ultimate rebuild, or I should say a realistic rebuild, because the ultimate rebuild is Caleb Williams. I don't think the Broncos are going to get the first overall pick. The Carolina Panthers are a worse football team. But Denver could get the second pick or the third pick. And if they get the second or third overall pick, they might be able to get Drake May, the UNC quarterback. If you sit him behind Russ for 2024 and let all these draft picks over the next two years get a year under their belt, so you're now having a whole bunch of rookies playing out there, you could be ready to roll in 2025. That's my realistic rebuild. You're stuck with Russ for next season anyway. So get, get uh, Caleb Williams if you could, but most likely get Drake May, sit him for a year, have nine other rookies from this upcoming draft after making all those trades I talked about earlier, get a years of experience before they take the field for their second season and Drake May's first season, and you could be ready to roll in 2025. No one wants to hear that right now because that sounds so far away, but I don't see a better path. I don't think this roster is going to turn it around anytime soon. I know this happens all the time in the NFL where we overreact to the first four to five weeks of the season, and we are reminded at the end of the year, it's a long season. The Dolphins started off 0-7 one year and then won their next seven games. I don't see this locker room coming out and winning the next seven games. So this is my best realistic rebound plan for the Broncos moving forward. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's show. I apologize for sounding so hoarsed. Uh, you can blame Sean Payton and Russell Wilson for that fumble at the end because that's really what took it out of me. Uh, but we'll be bouncing back next time, and we'll have a full voice hopefully tomorrow.